Every week, journalists at the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications report important stories for the people of North Central Florida and beyond. And what are some precautions parents and students should be taking this winter to stay healthy and avoid these illnesses? When it comes to this winter season and the predictions of the rise of flu and RSV and COVID, are there really like founded concerns about these three coming together to be really um, dangerous? Do you think people will take less precautions because maybe they are just so worn out from, you know, the pandemic? Are infants or seniors more likely to contract RSV? This is the Rewind from WUFT News. I'm your host today, Ezra Sheffield. I'll take you through the strongest reporting coming out of the college and a discussion with the people most familiar with these stories. As we enter the winter months, concerns about the rise of respiratory illnesses like flu are on the minds of doctors, parents, and travelers. This year, cases of RSV or respiratory syncytial virus have started to rise a couple months sooner than normal. Alongside a stronger flu strain and the lurking specter of COVID, some health officials are worried about rising hospitalizations. This week, the Rewind team set out to see if these concerns are founded, how people can keep themselves and their loved ones safe this holiday season, and why this year could be worse than winters prior. While schools will be closed for much of the early winter time for holiday celebrations, students will still be congregating in the classroom. Producer Matthew Bell spoke briefly with Marion County Public Schools Director of Public Relations, Kevin Christian, about how schools will combat the spread of these viruses. Kevin, have you seen any news or do you have any concerns about the recent rises in COVID and RSV and influenza nationally? Well, fortunately, the national numbers aren't necessarily reflected at the local level. In Marion County, we work regularly with our local health department to monitor anything that's going on of great significance at the local level. And fortunately, we haven't seen a great spike in those numbers. Certainly, we're still concerned, though, you know, the ongoing COVID situation certainly impacts many people on a daily basis. And the RSV, particularly with younger students, uh, can be problematic for them as well. And what are some precautions parents and students should be taking this winter to stay healthy and avoid these illnesses? Well, the best person to talk to for that is actually the director of the health department. But I can tell you that we regularly emphasize with our students, I guess the biggest step would be washing hands on a regular basis. Also, if you are sick, stay home. If you are truly sick, you do not want to share those germs with other folks and, and jeopardize their health as well. So, you know, we, we all have to miss work or miss school occasionally for sickness. And so that's option is there. We don't want folks to bring illnesses into the workplace that eventually impact many other people. So washing hands, being aware of your surroundings and making sure that if you are sick, that you don't share those illnesses, share those germs, stay home until you're feeling better. And are schools in Marion County taking any precautions in regards to these illnesses? I know COVID's been going on for a little bit now. Well, the information that I just shared with you is what we do on a regular basis now. Uh, we obviously continue the use of hand sanitizer throughout all of our schools. Regular cleanings, our custodial crews are in charge of that on a, on a daily basis, actually. Uh, we certainly still uh, wipe down flat surfaces and high-touch areas with uh, disinfectant. So those are the really everyday precautions that we take now. And as somebody with the school system, do you usually see an uptick in illnesses during this time of the year? 
And now I, I don't, I have no numbers to support that. I think that's a generalized statement that a lot of people will make, but I think you have to remember that, um, you know, given this time of year, there are gatherings that take place that attract a lot more people than perhaps would through other times of the year. So the holidays present great opportunities to get together, but at the same time, great opportunities provide great opportunity to spread illnesses. That was producer Matthew Bell speaking with Marion County Public Schools Director of Public Relations, Kevin Christian, about what precautions schools and students can take to reduce the spread of illness. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the tourism industry was one of the hardest hit. Producer Jack Prater spoke with Ashley Schroeder, who is the research lead of the Crisis Management Working Group at the University of South Carolina, about how the tourism industry is preparing for a possible rise in illnesses and how the COVID-19 pandemic forced businesses and cities to adapt their practices. So I am an assistant professor in the School of Hotel, Restaurant, and Tourism Management. I also work in the Smart State Center for Tourism, uh, Economic Development, and Excellence. And within the center, I am the lead researcher for the Tourism Crisis Management Initiative. And we are the only academic tourism crisis management institute in the world. With tourism still recovering from the pandemic, uh, mm -hmm. what would an, an increase in flu, COVID, and, and RSV cases around the holidays do? So our research right now is showing that these three illnesses are not having a current influence on travel. We have been tracking tourist anxiety levels associated with travel within the U.S. since January 2020, and our most recent data collection shows that those anxiety levels are lower than they have been throughout our tracking, which is a good sign for the tourism industry, and we also are seeing that demand for holiday travel is high, which I don't think is surprising having out of and moving in towards that recovery phase um, from COVID. That being said, I think that the tourism industry should be aware of and monitoring what is happening with COVID influenza and RSV cases, because there is the potential that that could start to impact the perceptions that people have about travel and also for some groups, especially those who are traveling with people at high risk or visiting people at high risk, that could start to impact decision making. I do think that in many cases, the desire to be with family and friends and travel is still going to be really high and people may still travel, but be more cautious and take precautions and preventative measures in order to kind of increase their safety and try to prevent them and their loved ones from getting any of these illnesses. I wanted to talk about pandemic burnout. Do you think people will take less precautions because maybe they are just so worn out from, you know, the pandemic? <laughs> or do you expect more people to take precautions because we sort of know the drill by now? I think my answer is based on what I've seen, I've, I've been in the Northeast and the Southeast throughout different phases of COVID. And I do think that there may be some uh, markets where it may be a more difficult transition than others. Um, but we also saw during the pandemic that it depended on 
the government within those jurisdictions and the restrictions that were put in place varied significantly depending on where you were. Currently, I don't foresee us having widespread lockdowns like we saw at the beginning of COVID, but there are certainly parts of the country that I think are more likely to have increased restrictions like mask mandates. And a lot of that would also be influenced by the local case rates within those areas. You know, looking ahead, I think we also want to be looking back a little bit. And I was just curious who you'd say were the most vulnerable small business during the COVID-19 pandemic that might not be prepared or might be prepared too well for another or another impacted holiday season. I think looking back that we know that the tourism industry in general was one of the hardest hit by the pandemic. And as people were not allowed to move about and had to stay in their communities and were locked down in their homes, that had significant impacts on our industry. Certainly restaurants had a huge impact when they were required to shut down. Many of them had to innovate and transition frequently because as things could reopen um, in many states, I was in Pennsylvania. So in Pennsylvania, they were not allowed to have dine-in for a long time. It was takeout only and many restaurants may not have had partnerships with delivery services. I think there was a lot of innovation that was happening in those organizations that were able to innovate and come out of the pandemic and survive, I think will be better prepared for the next crisis that happens. I know I spoke with a farmer during the pandemic who had country shop where they sold baked goods and they had a little grocery store. And he said that literally every single day, something new happened. And they had to evolve and they had to change. And they were actually able to bypass some of the supply chain issues because they were looking at local sources to purchase not only their food, but also they had a local source for toilet paper and paper towels, which we know were difficult to find. They have come out since then. Not only do they have that country store that is thriving, but they also opened a location in downtown State College, which has very high rental (laughs) prices. Um, So I think those companies that have that a leader with a similar type of mindset that they see this need to adapt and constantly evolve, those will do much better than those that have more of a reactive or even a passive approach to how to manage it. Is there anything else that you want to add that I I didn't mention? Yeah, I would just reiterate, I think that we should be mindful that this could happen. um, And probably there will be localized concerns and it may not be everywhere. um, But think something that we learned from the pandemic is we have to be aware and we have to recognize as an industry that people feel more safe when we provide them with information on what they can do to help protect themselves. Continuing to keep up signage that reminds people to wash their hands for 30 seconds with soap and water, to use hand sanitizer that is at least 60% alcohol to help disinfect. Those types of reminders, I think, are still reassuring 
for people, even given the current state that we are in with COVID. And those measures cut across other types of illnesses as well. So just promoting good hygiene. That was producer Jack Prater speaking with Ashley Schroeder from the Crisis Management Working Group at the University of South Carolina about how the rise in illnesses could affect tourism. One of the big concerns this winter is the rise of RSV cases nationwide. While RSV cases do tend to increase around the winter time, they usually don't start climbing until December or January. This year, however, cases have been rising since October. One place feeling the effects of this rise is Jacksonville, where RSV cases have been surging. Producer Nathaniel Wilson spoke with Dr. Mobin Rathor, a professor in the Department of Pediatrics at the UF College of Medicine and the chief of the Department of Pediatric Infectious Diseases and Immunology, about RSV and how it's currently affecting North Central Florida. So RSV, or respiratory syncytial virus, is a virus that is, uh, causes respiratory tract infection in basically everybody, newborns, infants, children, adults, elderly, uh, in the in new infants, especially it can cause some serious infections. And almost all children by the time they are two years of age have had the RSV infection at least once. So it's, a, it's a, almost like a rite of passage. And the virus uh, can cause a reinfection. So if you get the infection once, it can cause another infection later on. Are infants or seniors more likely to contract RSV? So I don't think either age is more at risk of contracting the illness. Infection, once they get it, they may have more worse outcome. Now, elderly may have been exposed or not may have. I mean, the elderly have been exposed to RSV probably multiple times in the past. The newborns and infants and children uh, less than two years of age, maybe this is their first time they are getting exposed to that. And as you uh, probably heard, that one of the reasons we believe we are seeing such a bad RSV season is because many of these young children uh, and not so young children were not exposed to RSV because of the pandemic and all the precautions we were taking for COVID. And now suddenly all these uh, children are not immune, have not had experience with RSV and have no immunity to that. So when they get the infection for the first time, it could potentially be worse than if you are getting it for the second, third or the eighth time. Is there any way to avoid contracting RSV? There's really no uh, vaccine for this uh, uh, infection. There is a medication that we give to certain uh, newborns with who are at high risk for complications with RSV uh, that they have to take uh, once a month throughout the season uh, of RSV. The usual RSV season is about six months in most parts of the country. In Florida, it could be much longer, in fact, it could be, it is longest in uh, central and southern Florida and even in, uh, in north Florida, northeast Florida. It is a little bit longer than what we see in the northeast. Uh, so it could be seven, eight months in northeast Florida, north Florida, uh, and it could be 10 to 12 months in central and south Florida. There is a new medication that is being very extensively studied and hopefully would be approved soon by the FDA and will probably become available uh, before, hopefully before the next season, where you only need one shot uh, for the whole season. So that's going to be a significant advance. Last month, there was an RSV outbreak in Jacksonville. Was that anything out of the ordinary? Here's what happens in Jacksonville. Usually for the last more than three decades I've been in Jacksonville, we track 
the RSV to see what the outbreak is. And we have certain criteria set for that. We didn't have much of an RSV season in 2019-20. We had early season in 21-22 that came in uh, May, June, and by August, September, it was gone. In uh, 21-22, or in the current season, the season actually started in July, August, and we are already seeing it going away. So it was a not the usual period, which is usually October 1st to March 31st, but often uh, September to April or May. The last two seasons have come earlier and have withered away sooner. So that's been one, one big difference. We have seen a lot of infections with RSV and also in maybe a little bit older children. Those who had not been exposed previously are not getting exposed. But I think one of the things that got lost in all of this is that we are seeing a lot of other infections that are also contributing to this huge uh, number of kids being hospitalized. We have kids with the common cold infection, the rhinovirus. We have learned that that can sometimes cause severe illness. We have infections with adenovirus. We have infections with influenza. So the last data we have for uh, Jacksonville, Northeast Florida, North Florida is from the week ending uh, November 3rd, where the uh, rhinovirus, which is the common cold virus, was actually responsible for most positive cases, which is almost 35%. And another uh, 34%, it was actually influenza. So influenza is increasing. The rhinovirus is staying about the same. Influenza is increasing. And RSV is actually going down, believe it or not. We only had 8% 8 positivity for RSV, whereas you were as high as uh, 18%, 19% early on. So the RSV season seems to be going away. Adenovirus, about 20%. And COVID, fortunately, right now is only... Uh, less than 2%, which is very low. Uh, so, but I think this is important information because we need to get influenza vaccine if you're eligible, so you can protect against that. And also COVID, uh, we don't have a, uh, we that many cases of COVID right now, but we don't know. This virus has really uh, uh, stumped all of us and uh, the, the outbreak would come anytime. So I think getting those two vaccines is going to be a tremendous benefit to yourself, your children, and your family. Is there anything else that listeners should be paying close attention to? Again, common sense things that we all know, but are worth repeating. Uh, if you are sick, avoid groups, avoid large parties. Um, if you uh, uh, are sick, don't go to work, uh, stay home, uh, because you can really spread the infection, whether it's RSV or influenza or COVID or something else. Um, good hand hygiene, that goes without saying at at your home, at your workplace, at your school. If you are co covering your cough with the, with the elbow, the appropriate cough etiquette. You know, if you are, you know, in, in a situation that you may have some underlying health conditions, another reason to avoid people who may be sick or may not be immunized. The other thing we can do is, uh, we, you know, there are people in your household or in your office or in, in your workplace who cannot get the vaccine. I think it's important, all, all of us has a responsibility that we uh, would do what we call cocooning. Uh, kids less than six months of age, for example, cannot get influenza vaccine and cannot get COVID vaccine. So we can all get vaccinated. So everybody around them is protected. So we uh, protect these high-risk individuals, whether they are infants who cannot get the vaccine or others who may have other immune-compromising uh, uh, immune conditions. So we sort of cocoon them against uh, and protect them against uh, these infections. So that's another thing one can do. 
That was producer Nathaniel Wilson speaking with Dr. Mobin Rathor about RSV and why it's currently surging in North Central Florida. For many, 2022 marked the end of the COVID-19 pandemic as people went back to work and mask mandates were dropped. The last thing anyone wants to do is to be told to mask up, social distance, and stay home, but that might be the direction we're heading. This week, I spoke with Dr. Kartik Cherbuti, an infectious disease expert in the University of Florida College of Medicine, about how RSV, flu, and COVID might interact with one another and about ways people can keep themselves and their loved ones safe this winter without feeling worn out. I'm curious about um, the way that a COVID booster or vaccine shot and a flu vaccine shot might mixed together are there any concerns that people should have about getting those at the same time or close together with one another or anything like that historically we get vaccines together multiple times i think um, babies young kids get four five six vaccines at one time so we do study those indications there are certain vaccines if given an out of order can affect one another but in these combination with the type of vaccines used and the kind of um, viruses these two are, there is really no concern that we've seen that uh, taking both of them affects it in any way. I know many of my colleagues in infectious diseases and myself, we've all taken both vaccines uh, at relatively the same time. So in regards to this the flu season itself, right, Ezra, and what we're seeing locally and nationally, what we're seeing is uh, predominantly influenza A and the H3N2 kind. Uh, and we are starting to see the H1N1, which I said can be more severe. It's starting to take over a little bit over the last two to three weeks. And that's a little bit of a concern for me. We are seeing a few deaths, including a couple of uh, deaths in kids over the last week. And I think more than 2,000 deaths this year from the flu and more than, I think, 37, 38,000 hospitalizations. So we are seeing a, a higher hospitalization rate and a higher number of flu cases than we've seen in the last 12, 13 years. The most important thing to me is that all the circulating virus subtypes, or what we call them as subclade, are all those that are included in the vaccine this time. So all the more reason that we should take the flu vaccine this year because it covers the viruses really well. In certain flu seasons, it doesn't cover it as well. And we see that it's only 50% efficacious or so on. This season, the flu vaccine does cover the circulating strains really, really well. And therefore makes more sense to take it. And the time to take it would be now and is a great time to take it right before the holiday season you know, with Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all of them coming up, this would be the perfect time to take it. So those holidays go on safely and without someone being sick and then unable to attend or unable to travel to attend these festivals. So great time would be to take the vaccine is now and a great reason because the circulating strains are all covered by this year's vaccine. I know that you mentioned earlier that you're seeing a rise of cases in children and as far as I understand, RSV um, is something that affects children more primarily. So are, yeah. are kids more at risk for this holiday season than they would be in the past? I think a little bit on the situation. Um, if there is risk, I would say 
it's 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 a little bit increased risk not a great deal more again um we control the controllables right i wouldn't say that people shouldn't travel i would say get your kids the vaccines they need in general and these two additional vaccines and if they're they have um other major illnesses that put them at risk for rsv then to be more careful in in the preventive methods um masking and avoiding crowds and so on which um which would be helpful there but they should still get the flu and the covid vaccines especially if there's travel on the cards or if they have other medical conditions that put them at even increased risk i'm also curious about um hospitals concerns about becoming overcrowded especially if covid yeah. and do, does end up ramping up is that something that your hospital is like thinking about yeah and we've lived through cycles of these right we've lived through these cycles over the last two years and we know how care can get affected when hospitals get too full when the emergency rooms get really full care does fall the level of care does go down so yes it's, it is a concern we are preparing to battle the rsv season we are seeing with uh, making sure that those at risk get the preventive therapies for rsv but also making sure these other illnesses don't affect the community and then add on effects so we are really promoting vaccinations among employees workers those in the community just to keep flu and covid at bay because if you see all three affecting it then they'll really really take a toll on the health system outside of vaccines what are some things that people should uh be doing maybe if they're going to be traveling and seeing family to help keep um infections low and spreading at a minimum noticing the at risk points if you're going to travel say in a crowded bus or train being uh masking up even though airplanes generally have really good air exchanges it's the point of boarding the aircraft and then unboarding or the time that it's taxiing when the air circulation shuts off i think that's a critical time to wear a mask um, when you travel the rest of the time the airplane circulation is reasonably good all you should do is keep the vents open and directed towards the face so air moves it moves air away from our own breathing areas so those are simple things that uh, people can do limiting extremely crowded indoor gatherings i think people are tired and they want to travel and they want to meet people but these simple steps will ensure a degree of safety how is florida stacking up to other states in terms of infections of flu rsv and maybe even covid cases how how yeah. does that look in relation to other states right now flu is at a, a high level in florida it's in the red range in the new color system the cdc is using so it's higher um in florida and quote unquote region 5 in the south in the southeast um and for rsv we are seeing a significant uptick so i would say it's high in florida as well covid i would say getting accurate numbers has been tough overall most communities it's relatively low at this point including many in florida 
but it's it can as we had seen in the past years it can take, go up quite quickly even in a week or two so i think it's best to be prepared because of a number of reasons where we could possibly see a, a higher number of cases so flu is high rsv is high covid at this point is low but it could ramp up quickly that was infectious disease expert dr kartik charbudi about how people can stay safe without feeling worn out that's all for this episode and all for this season to keep up to date on the latest stories coming out of north central florida visit wuft.org The Rewind from WUFT News is produced by Matthew Bell, Julia Cooper, Jack Prater, Ezra Sheffield, and Nathaniel Wilson. Our executive producer is Ryan Vasquez, with special help from Kristen Moorhead. WUFT News is operated out of the College of Journalism and Communications at the University of Florida. Remember to follow us at WUFT News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest stories. Thank you for listening to this fall season of The Rewind. I'm Ezra Sheffield. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful holiday, and see you next year.